Hi, this is Rabbi Avi Killip. Before we get into this episode, I want to take a minute to mention Hadar's end-of-year fundraising campaign. If you love this podcast and you value Torah content from Hadar, please support us today at hadar.org slash donate. Thank you. Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beat Midrash. This year, each week, we will hear a Devar Torah on the Parsha from Rabbi David Kasher. Let's listen. Certain unique landscapes in the Torah carry a strong association with a particular kind of experience. A garden reminds us of innocence. A mountain is a place of revelation. At a well, one might find love. A far more common landscape in the Torah is the field. The field is not usually where the main action takes place. We take it for granted as a background setting, where work happens or through which travelers pass. So when we come upon Yosef wandering through a field in Parshat Vayeshev, we may not make much of it. According to a midrashically styled reading by the Kliakar, however, a deeper understanding of the field is precisely what might have saved Yosef from all the disaster that will follow. When we first meet Yosef, his brothers already resent him, both because their father has favored him with a special coat, and because Yosef cannot stop sharing the dreams he has in which his family all bow down to him. So, when Yaakov sends Yosef to go check on his brothers, who are pasturing in Shechem, we might already anticipate that danger lies ahead. But before he gets there, we read this mysterious interlude. A man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked, What are you looking for? And he said, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing. And the man said, They have gone on from there. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dotan. So Yosef went after his brothers and found them in Dotan. The phrase to'e basadeh, wandering in the fields, catches the kliakar's attention. He begins by noting that the verb, wandering, indicates not only a physical movement, but a state of mind. Shehalach basadeh to'e badato, for as he walked through the field, he wandered off in his consciousness, because he was going to find peace, but his brothers wanted no peace with him. Yosef is more than lost in the field. He's lost in his understanding of the relationships in his life. His physical meandering is a manifestation of his dreamy, detached personality and his cluelessness in social dynamics. The Kliakar then turns to consider the other word in the phrase, basadeh, in the field. And here, he shows off the virtuosity of his interpretive technique by making two linguistic connections at once. Umidrasho the midrash of this phrase is that he made a mistake in the matter of the field that was the field of Kain and Hevel. For Yosef should have paid closer attention to what happened to Hevel, that because of jealousy, his brother Kain killed him. The Kliakar is playing with the fact that the word for wandering, to'e, is a homophone for the word for making a mistake, to'e. Yosef, he says, is not just wandering in the field. He's making a mistake about the field. 
and not just any field, and here is the other connection, but the field of Cain and Hevel. Now, it may seem strange to suggest that Yosef should be thinking about a much earlier story in the Torah. It's true that there are some obvious parallels. Brothers in contention, jealousy brings enmity between them, and violence erupts. Yosef might do well to contemplate the tale of Cain and Hevel. But why would he be thinking about all that at this particular moment? Because, the Kliakar reminds us, that first murder took place in a field. Vahi biotam basadeh, and it was when they were in the field that Cain arose against his brother Hevel and killed him. The verse emphasizes specifically that they were in the field. The Kliakar takes this to mean that the field is being fixed in the Torah's symbolic language as a place of potential violence between siblings. So, when Yosef was wandering through his field, he should have remembered the story of that other field. He should have suddenly realized that he was in danger, that the field is the place where brothers kill brothers. Having made this link of his own, the Kliakar then cites an earlier Midrashic tradition from the Kain and Hevel story. Because it says in Midrash Tanchuma, and when they were in the field, meaning their conflict arose over matters of the field. For Kain said, the field that you are standing on is mine. The Midrash takes the setting of the field to be indicating the topic of the dispute that led to Hevel's murder. It turns out the brothers were fighting over land rights. The Kliakar, with just a quick reference to this background legend, is telling us that not only are siblings historically drawn into conflict, but what they tend to fight over is land and property. In Parshat Vayeshev, however, Yosef and his brothers were not in conflict over a field— nor any other great riches. The most they had to go to war over was a nice jacket. That, the Kliakar suggests, is precisely what Yosef was figuring. He imagines Yosef thinking through the dynamics of jealousy and presuming, mistakenly, that he was safe from his brother's wrath. Cain and Hevel, after all, were battling over valuable commodities. In Cain hayasi baladavar. If so, Yosef thought, there was some reason for that conflict. But my brothers? Why would they kill me over nothing? For jealousy over a striped coat is nothing like jealousy over a field. That is why it says he was wandering in the field. Because the story of Kind's field led him astray, and he did not understand the nature of jealousy, which causes a man who rises up against his fellow and murders him over the littlest thing. Here, the Kliakar demonstrates his psychological acumen. Our most bitter conflicts are often with those who are closest to us. In those disputes, we often use physical commodities to play out our rage. But the truth is, once jealousy has taken over, we'll fight over anything. If only Yosef had understood all this, he could have steered clear of all the tragedy that awaited him on the other side of that field. There is one last connection that Kliakar makes for us, though this one is not explicit. You may have noticed that he ended with a quote, a man who rises up against his fellow and murders him. That language is taken from a case in Deuteronomy. There, the text exonerates a young woman who has been raped in a field from any suspicion of sexual impropriety. 
כי כאשר יקום איש על רעהו ורצחו נפש, because this is like the case of a man who rises up against his fellow and murders him, for it was in the field that he found her, כי בשדה מצא, and though the betrothed young woman cried out for help, there was no one around to save her. The Kliakar is expanding the set of violent associations with this landscape. The field is more than just the setting for brotherly quarrels. It is a place where all sorts of terrible crimes can happen. Fields are isolated places, after all, perfect settings for violence to go undetected. We are being asked to reflect on all the horrible things human beings can do to one another when no one else is looking. The image of the field, like the dark alley or the abandoned building, serves as a code, warning not just Yosef, but all of us, to be on the lookout for the most savage parts of humanity and to walk more carefully through the world. But why did the Kliakar leave that last connection unarticulated? He's clearly aware of the parallels between the two cases. Even the language from Deuteronomy, a man finds a betrothed young woman in the field, recalls the Yosef story where a man found him in the field. That echo is no coincidence. These are the very words that Kliakar is commenting on. One can only conclude that the Kliakar wants us to make the final connection ourselves. He has laid out before us a series of links that takes us from Yosef's field back to the field of Cain and the origins of human violence, and then pushes us forward to consider the ongoing toll of that violence. But he leaves some of the work for us to do, to put the last pieces of the puzzle together. He has done his own Midrash, and he has cited the Midrashim of the past, Now he wants us to participate in the process and to make some midrashic connections of our own. Midrash, as an interpretive technique, involves searching for connections. It is a literary exercise in pattern spotting. We look for recurring words and parallel images across the text of Tanakh in order to expand our understanding of the words in front of us. This kind of reading trains us to see repetitions not only in our Torah, but in our history as well. As the Kliakar connects various stories of violence in the field, he gains a deeper understanding of the patterns of jealousy and violence that continue to plague human society. Just as the Kliakar wishes Yosef had paid attention to the lessons of the field and made the connections that would have saved him from violence, so does he invite us to make these connections ourselves so that we might learn to avoid the violent legacies of our past. Thanks for listening. I wanted to let you know that I'm teaching an online Parsha class every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, in partnership with Ikar. Uh, we'll take a deeper dive into some aspect of the material we covered in this Devar Torah. So if you love these podcasts, it's a great way to keep the conversation going. Sign up for free at hadar.org forward slash west. Our producers for this episode are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to Nadav Remez for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you. Thank you.